Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, now that the fall season is upon us, packed with full of work projects, social commitments, activities both for ourselves and for our kids, busyness in other words, it's a good time to ask yourself this question. Am I fired up? energized for action or am i burnt out as my next guest healthy living coach sherry clark so eloquently puts it when you're burnt out your enthusiasm have evaporated your passion is it's pfft i don't know just how to pronounce that but how can you reconnect with your career and with yourself and she's here to talk about symptoms and causes of middle-aged burnout and what you can do to recover your positive momentum and the joy of living. And regular listeners may recall that Sherry Clark was a prior guest on our program just about one year ago on September 24, 2018. And by the way, you can go back and listen to any of our prior programs, including that one. All of them can be accessed through our program website. And to refresh your memory, uh, here's Sherry Clark's bio. She's a healthy living coach, TV show hostess, inspiring public speaker, an accomplished writer on a whole host of topics, including healthy eating and self-motivation. She offers individual coaching sessions, plus an annual year-long Road to New You group coaching program that she just launched today for the 2019-2020. 20 year. It's designed for achievement focused women, and she offers a variety of free benefits, including a weekly newsletter and fun events. Like she recently had a bunch of pajama parties uh, for you ladies in the summertime. No men invited. <laughs> and we've had prior guests from all around the country, Canada, and Europe. But Sherry is talking to me right across town in Metro Des Moines, Iowa. And hello, Sherry Clark. It's great to have you back on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be a returning guest. Well, when you suffer or I suffer from burnout, what is nature telling us? (laughs) I like it. The big thing is something's got to change. Something has to shift, you know, and yeah. and it really, it really is. It's it's a message. It's not necessarily something to to really just resent, yeah. um, and be and be angry about. And think of it this way: when your when your vehicle, when your engine light comes on, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather have the warning than the collision or, or the engine dropping out? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, in a recent article on your weekly newsletter, you suggest that not all burnout is the same, but it can stem from one of three general areas or from a combination of the three in varying degrees. What are these three general areas that, uh, in us that uh, where trouble may ignite burnout? 
Well, you know, it, it, you've heard this expression before, the, the, tr- the trilogy, and that is the mind, body, and spirit. And typically, when people are experiencing burnout, it comes from one of those three areas. It could be more than one, but usually the, there's a primary cause that ends up affecting the secondary and tertiary uh, yeah, areas. It starts one place and kind of burns out through the entire uh, <laughs> landscape. Yep, exactly. Well, you tell us that burnout in the mind, I'd like to discuss each of these in turn. Burnout in the mind comes from too much. Please give us some examples. Too much of what? (laughs) (laughs) Burnout burnout in the mind is one of those ones, especially in today's society. I mean, and those of us, I'm a baby boomer. I was born in the 50s. Um, And I swear I'm not making this up, and the the people in the crowd that are my age and, and above are probably nodding and saying the world is moving at a faster, much faster rate. And so we we get our minds get overworked and overloaded, and um, we are just it's like too much to take in. And sometimes that's the problem is that there is so much that it's overload, and there are a variety of ways of of addressing. That certainly, and I'm guessing you're going to be asking me about that. But the first area of the burnout of the mind is just like too much stuff. Yeah, too many hours at work, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many of us are working like, it seems, 24 7. But the, we definitely we do. Well, yeah. Uh, Self pressures on ourselves, too. I know that can be a, a problem. It's so true. You know, Roy, when I started my career, I to work, I would drive across town to my office hmm. and I would work and then I would drive back home and I had that decompression time in the car without a cell phone, without a device, without anything. And when I got home, I was home. My I now work from home as many of us do. My office is across the hall from my bedroom and if I don't turn off my notifications, I hear emails coming in all night. <laughs> My That's not relaxing. Unfortunately, in the basement, so I don't hear as much. <laughs> I, I need to take a page from your playbook. <laughs> well, let's turn out to burnout in the body. You currently point out that it's very hard, if not impossible, to muster up enthusiasm for life, much less enjoyment of living, if you don't feel well. What are some of the primary causes of burnout that uh, come from disconnection with our bodies? You know, the big one, I think, is um, is nutrition, and that is, I have a little bit of a bias in that arena because I have been a health coach, and um, I have taught cooking classes, and I believe in healthy food, but what happens is when we've, especially in context of that last topic that we just talked about with work, and we're busy, and it's crazy, well, even if you're not still working, there's so much to do that eating be, and eating healthy food becomes Second, it, it, it's second fiddle. It's it's down on the list. It's, it's so not easy something to we snack while you're meeting yep. your self doing work. Exactly, or do a drive through, or grab and go, and that's yeah. not healthy food. Well, you so know another the problem bi- you point out in is lack of quality sleep, and that's that's a real problem with me. And I know a lot of folks yep. are getting not just the length of time I sleep, but getting my mind to go to sleep at night and. Uh, get that real deep rest that we all need so that that's another uh, 
it's that's huge and and the back to the devices that affects our sleep when i hear my emails chiming all night long or when the computer <laughs> is in the room that you're sleeping in any of those things you just really it's it's disruptive I know I have a bad habit of watching movies late at night, and a lot of times I'll dream about the movie when my myself in the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, let's turn to the third area of potential burnout, the spirit. Now, you advise that the spirit is not necessarily related to religion or dogma. Uh, given that, what uh, does the spirit encompass, say, in an atheist or an agnostic? Well, part of it, it has to do with the fact of living in community. Um, and, and so if it's not about faith and it's not for, for many, that's fine. But with the fact is we don't live in isolation. But as we get older, one of the things that I've experienced, particularly now since I work from my home, is that our worlds can shrink very quickly and very easily. The, I could, because I have Amazon Prime, and because I have so many other things at my disposal, I could very easily live my entire life without leaving my house. Yeah. And that that lack of community, camaraderie, being around other people is draining, and yeah. we need it to refuel. Even introverts, we still need uh, the interaction with others. Yeah, I know you say burnout occurs when our spirit's out of balance. Give us some of the most significant threats to our spirit balance. I know you point out atmosphere where integrity is not valued. That's that's certainly a good one. What are some of the yeah. other ones? A place where you don't feel supported, yeah. um, where there's where it feels as though you know, hey, it's all for one and one for all, and where you're on your own, <laughs> um, and just just a feeling of not being with your own tribe. And that doesn't mean that we have to we have Tribes to all are very be very common in the days of America, that's for sure. Yes. And <laughs> oh. and tribe I think I would like to think of it in a positive way. Your tribe is those who support you, who have an interest in your success and who embrace you. And when we don't have that, we feel alone and unanchored and untethered. And and you, when you feel alone, it's exhausting. Yeah. And another problem I see today is it, it, it seems like everyone considers the world a zero-sum game. You know, I, I'm going to win at somebody else's expense or they're going to win at my expense and that's so ridiculous because obviously there's plenty to go around if we have the right attitude and are willing to uh, further others rather than fight them off as competition all the time that is so true and you know and one way i think of combating that or or overcoming that is to remember how important it is to be outside of yourself um volunteering um those types of th activities i think remind us of the importance of gratitude of the importance of being being thankful that we woke up today that while <laughs> well today might not be the pinnacle of my life day it might not be the best day that i've ever had I, it's a day that i do have and at well, some point that i won't have any more days left well, okay, there are three areas of burnout. That makes a lot of sense to me. But let's say you suffer from burnout. How best can you identify the cause of your distress so that you can take steps to reduce or eliminate them? How would you go about uh, 
determining just what is causing you the burnout? You know, I think in, intuitively and inherently, we each know where it's coming from. It becomes a matter of getting in touch and being willing to face it and to look at it. And one of the exercises that I do, which is hard to do in today's in today's time frame, is to go and sit quietly, if possible, in nature. So go to a nearby park or even just go to an area where there's some trees or some grass and to sit quietly and to ask yourself I and what I do is I actually close my eyes and I place my right hand over my heart and my left mm. hand on top of that and I will say to myself Sherry what's wrong and what do you need hmm. and that exercise if you can listen and simply be quiet is really all you need to reconnect to who and what is going on for you. And the thing is, we don't stop long enough to ask ourselves, and we certainly don't ask each other. Or if we do ask, if we don't get the answer we want to hear in the time frame in which we want to hear it, then we're ready to move on because yeah, we're in the we microwave society. We're already wanting, we know what we want for the answer, and if we don't get it, we're not satisfied. That's right. So we'll maybe ask again a different way until we get the answer, we find what we're looking for. But if you're truthful about really wanting to connect with you and what's going on for you, you've got to step back. You don't have to go to a monastery for a month or take a, a year-long sabbatical. It truly can be accomplished in minutes of solitude, but it really needs to be focused time. Yeah, I know you also mentioned uh, doing a journal for a month of uh, how you feel each morning when you get up and and what you're looking forward to in the day, what you fear in the day, and then then you don't go back and look at that until you're through the journal. And uh, when you go back after a month or so, you have a better idea maybe. of uh, That would be if you really were having problems figuring out what yes. was burning you out. But, uh, yes, yes, yes. And what the nice thing about that is is that it helps you understand whether or not the what's causing your burnout is situational or fleeting like for example sometimes the burnout is because you're you're um, working on a project it's got an end date to it maybe you're finishing a degree or doing a project at work or you're working on a political campaign and the election's coming whatever it might be and you can say there's a finish line and I'm going to cross it and then you can and that kind of get you can reserve, reach into your reserve tank long enough for that and so, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I love that exercise because it does create reflection. The other thing for people who hate journaling is to simply open up your calendar and take a look at what's on there. And, and most of us keep calendars. We write down activities or, or dates that we've made with people or commitments that we have. And check in with yourself as you look at the week ahead. And when if most of those activities are joy-inducing and there are one or two or perhaps three that make your heart kind of sink, that could be an indication that that's a place where you might need to look and find out if there is something that needs to be addressed. Well, on your uh, let's say you've identified the primary cause or causes of your burnout. I noticed you just uh, released a newsletter where you talked about some solutions. They're unguaranteed, obviously, but you have a number of suggestions in overcoming burnout in each of these three areas, mind, body, and spirit. How would somebody go about uh, getting hold of that newsletter? Is, it, is that something that uh, people can access? 
Absolutely. So my web address is fork-road.com. So that again is www.fork-road.com. And I have a, there's a blog area on there. And if you go down to the bottom and you can blog and read all of my past articles. The one that you're referring to is called uh, Getting Unstuck, uh, Basics for Beating Burnout. Yeah, that, that that had some great ideas, and if we had more time, I had more time, we could go through some of them. But uh, they can go to that website and get that. Let's yeah. talk briefly about some of the benefits that you offer. Uh, you have just uh, you just started a, an extended road to new you, a year-long group coaching program designed for success-oriented women. And I know September is the cutoff month, and you've already had your first class. But uh, can they still sign up for that? And uh, how would a listener go about doing that if they, they wanted to get into that program? Perfect, yeah. So the, you can join the group. It's a year long, as you've sa- said, um, through the end of September. Um, that would mean you'd only have missed two classes, and then after that it's going to be too hard to get caught up. But if you want more information, you can email me. And the best address to use is info at fork-road.com. Just shoot me an email. Tell me you're interested, info at fork-road.com, and I can um, hook you up with the details. It's women only, and it's women um, 45 and older who are thinking about the challenges that come with the second half of life. No, God, I was going to sign up for that, but I guess I'm not <laughs> Well, your, your website also indicates you do individual one-on-one coaching, and an interesting, uh, an interested listener can uh, set up a trial conversation to assess whether uh, there's a lot of value in you two working together. How do they do that? That's also through your website, is it, or... Uh, Yep, yep. If you go to my website, you can also schedule an appointment with me. Um, email is the other way. And for the private one-on-one um, coaching, I do also have male clients for that. So, um, so the ladies are, are you know, the, the, the group is for the ladies, but if the men are interested, we would do the one-on-one coaching. Oh, great. I'm not completely yes. shut out then. Well, I know no, you you're not. A number of other uh, very interesting uh, programs now and then, and they should go to your website, ForkRow.com. I guess your pajama parties are just about over for the summer, but uh, there are a lot of other things that uh, you'll be having coming up, and uh, they should go to your website to learn about those. Yes, absolutely. Yep, and um, I've got lots of new things I'm introducing all the time because I do my best to not burn out, and I, <laughs> and I keep myself vital and alive by introducing new things. Well, that's great. Well, the conclusion, borrowing from the title of Sherry Clark's website, at middle age, do you find yourself at a fork in the road? Most importantly, as we have discussed today, if you presently feel burned out, unhealthy, lacking energy, and completely unenthusiastic about your prospects, you need to take time out to pinpoint the causes of that burnout so you can take steps to reduce or eliminate those causes But beyond overcoming burnout, we all need a life that is fun, energetic, and rewarding, and future plans that offer hope and comfort both before and after we retire. And it's up to you, not circumstances beyond your control or someone else, certainly not politicians in Washington, to determine what's next for you. And having been acquainted for the past year with the wonderful service she offers, from healthy diet to making every day more rewarding, I urge you to visit Sherry Clark's website, fork 
Dash-road.com for inspiration on moving forward positively in your second half. And, ladies, I definitely consider getting into that year-long program that she has. And thanks so much, Sherry, for returning, and best success in all that you uh, best of success in all that you do. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, thanks to my guest, Sherry Cook, for her most enlightening discussion of burnout, an uncomfortable condition suffered by so many of us at middle age. And in closing our program today, I'm going to talk about men, uh, but my comments will be relevant both to my fellow males and to all you ladies who live with or routinely interact with one of us. Specifically, I'm going to talk about why anxiety can often look different in men. And to give credit where credit is due, the source of most of my commentary is from an article by Andrea Peterson in the July 31st, 2019 Wall Street Journal. And here's the contention. When a man explodes in anger over something seemingly insignificant, he may appear like a jerk, but he could be anxious. Actually, he might be both a jerk and anxious, I don't know. But in fact, uh, according to the article, anxiety problems can look far different in we men. And when most folks talk, think of anxiety, they picture excessive worry and avoidance of frightening situations that often plague those who suffer. But this type of anxiety can affect men also. But according to Ms. Peterson, there's growing recognition among psychologists that men are more likely to complain of headaches, difficulty sleeping, and muscle aches and pains. We're also more likely to use drugs and alcohol to cope with anxiety, so what looks like a drinking problem may actually be an underlying anxiety disorder. And anxiety in men often manifests itself in anger and irritability. And here's an interesting observation. According to Kevin Chapman, a clinical psychologist in Louisville, Aggression tends to be more socially acceptable to many men than anxiety. (laughs) Anxious men may present themselves as loose cannons, but they in fact are warriors. (laughs) That's not a warrior, it's a warrior. (laughs) And studies show that about one of five of us men will have an anxiety disorder during our lifetime compared to one out of three of you women. But psychologists are increasingly concerned that these numbers for men uh, may underreport male cases. Worst case, severe and extended anxiety un- untreated can lead to suicide, and men hold it in more. They're um, three times more likely to die from suicide than women, and suicide rates are on the rise, as we all know, in the U.S. And here's another issue. In general, men are less willing to acknowledge and receive treatment for mental health issues. I guess I bet that has a lot to do with why they tend to commit suicide more. Some psychologists contend that we men at a very young age are socialized to picture emotional vulnerability as a weakness. And I guess anxiety is considered uh, an emotional vulnerability. 
You know, the most researched and effective treatment for anxiety disorders is cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and not to get overly technical, but CBT teaches patients to alter um, problematic thinking that fuels anxiety and to actively uh, approach situations that they fear. That's like fear of flying. They they have you take airplane rides. <laughs> you know, uh, Miss Peterson's article urges that the one thing not to do if your husband is uh, suffering from anxiety or you believe he is, is to deliver an ultimatum. In fact, Dean McKay, a psychology professor at Fordham University, contends that this can lead to a power struggle that actually increases a man's resistance to treatment. (laughs) What he suggests is to tell your loved one that following treatment you'll enjoy stuff so much more and we can enjoy each other more if you are able to manage this thing, meaning your anxiety. Rather than seeing your husband or life partner as a stubborn, unwilling, typical man, try to start seeing him as a human being, not only anxious and depressed, but also struggling with what he expects of himself and what society expects of him. That sounds like a pretty good idea, doesn't it? Avoiding diagnostic labels also may help. Although some men are comfortable with discussing their symptoms, Dr. McKay doesn't mention the word anxiety during the first couple of therapy sessions. And Dr. Chapman reveals some of his male patients are more comfortable using uh, calling their treatment coaching rather than therapy. And Dr. Chapman reveals that uh, that really... uh, it becomes sort of like taking a golf lesson, I guess. A lot of men uh, favor short-term goal-oriented treatments that focus on changing behavior, like the aforementioned cognitive behavioral therapy. And CBT usually involves 12 to 15 weekly sessions with a specific goal in mind. It's a more precise, more coaching-oriented approach and is going to feel a lot more familiar to a lot of men. Like I said before, kind of like getting a golf pro or a golf lesson from a pro. So, what uh, is the discussion on? Is this discussion on anxiety likely to tell us? Well, if like me, you're a man who frequently gets angry and sometimes takes it out on his wife and kids, we don't have a dog anymore, Dick. <laughs> You may need to time out to reflect on what's really causing your outbursts. What's really bugging you? Uh, What are you really anxious about? Is it something that's uh, going on at work? Is it something that happened a long time ago that keeps coming up in your mind? What's really bugging you? You may decide on your own that coaching or therapy uh, may be best for you, not just for the sake of your spouse, but for, for your own joy of living and success on your own terms as well. And if you're a long-suffering wife or life partner, a consistently angry, obviously unhappy man, uh, speak to him gently, not harshly. Uh, Identify potential benefits of professional coaching uh, to help uh, identify then overcome the causes of his anxiety. As he, uh, so that he himself, as well as you and your 
whole family can enjoy the benefits of a relaxed, joyful, and loving environment. And I speak from experience years ago after I lost my CFO executive position in a corporate takeover. I was really down in the dumps, short-tempered and uh, grumpy, but I am uh, also very worried about the future. But I regained my peace of mind and self-confidence after coaching sessions with a, an extremely caring psychologist. I know he did some exercises that convinced me that any weakness was not in me, but in circumstances, and that I could overcome those circumstances, and I did. It was really most helpful. So the next time your husband flies off the handle over every little thing, whatever little thing, remember he may be suffering from stress or anxiety over a condition at work or from the past, and instead of you two duking it out and arguing all the time, approach your spouse with loving concern and see if you can help him work things out on a loving basis, suggesting that uh, it will be better for him, you, and the whole family. And that's our program for today. Tune in next week when our guest will warn of a dangerous circumstance that may be lurking around your home, something you'll definitely want to address. And bye for now. Talk to you next week on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 